Hey everyone, before we get to the episode, I'd like to share a little word with you from our sponsors, Odds Crowd. Are you the best football better in the United States? At Odds Crowds, our friends are challenging you to prove it this fantasy season with their epic free-to-play fantasy betting contests. One of my favorite things to do is be betting and not actually have to lose any actual cash. There's over $30,000 in cash prizes up for grabs, both season-long and weekly contests on NFL and college football. Here's how it works. Once you enter a contest, you place risk-free fantasy bets against real odds and lines, much like you would with any pick tracking app. The most profitable players are rising up the leaderboard. If you have the highest profit at the end of the contest, you win. And Odds Crowd isn't just fantasy betting contests. It's a social app for sports bettors. Free to download, you can live group chat with other bettors, track your bets, and set up private fantasy contests with your buddies and much more. So download the app for free or go to oddscrowd.com. Welcome in to yet another episode of Rookie on the Rise. Uh, there's really no intro here because this is just me and Michael doing this again. Again. Like 20 minutes later because Michael's router tried to off itself. Uh, it, we, it did off itself. I had it to it. We brought it back. Baby! And this is where we're at. Uh, that being said, welcome my friends, my fans, uh, lizards, dudes, dudettes, cowboys, cowgirls, and whatever there is in between cow people um you're gonna do rounds two and three of the nfl drafts i was hoping to do one two and three in the first episode and as you could tell that didn't fucking happen because there's so much to talk about with round one and round two there's a tremendous amount of players to talk about i think there was like almost 25 24 fantasy relevant 30 fantasy relevant players drafted in the first two rounds or rounds two and three uh we will probably be talking about 50 percent of them because most of them just don't fucking matter like Phyllis Jones Jr. Oh, exactly. That being said, uh, let's go down the line. And I'm there's really no rhyme or reason to this. I just want to talk about a couple of these guys and then we'll kind of jump around and do some fun stuff like that. So Christian Watson went to Green Bay. Green Bay traded up, pick 40 or 34, I think. They went to Green Bay. How do you feel about that, Michael? Uh, all right, so... I'm torn here. I like the prospect. I don't dislike the prospect. No rookie wide receiver has caught more than 38 passes from Aaron Rodgers in Aaron Rodgers' entire career. So on paper, with Devontae Adams gone and the fact that they're only rolling out one-week walk-ins and um, the lizard man, it looks great. But when you factor in what Aaron Rodgers does, if him and Christian Watson don't click right away, yeah, he's not going to be relevant. I mean, yep. it's just at the end of the day, he's not going to be relevant. Like, yeah, like, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. Aaron Rodgers spreads the ball around a lot, so you would hope that he's going to get on the field and, and, and see it. But 
the 38 receptions as a rookie and that you can chalk that up to whatever it is you want. Um, it, 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 it's hard. I don't know. It is hard. I, I think great Christian opportunity. Ma- yeah. Great opportunity. The issue with Christian Watson is that he didn't have a thousand yards at an NDSU. He, he had a receiving yard market share of 25%, which is not good, especially at an FCS school. He had a, target share that wasn't good he just he was mediocre no that's not fair he's above average if he was an fbs and power five but he was an fcs and he was playing against accountants and he couldn't absolutely dominate so i'm not going to pretend and think like he is this tremendous prospect just because he runs fast and he is 204 pounds and 6'4, 208 pounds whatever it is like i think that the people that love that love Christian Watson should then also love Alec Pierce because he is a literal clone of Christian Watson playing at a better school at Cincinnati doing essentially the same fucking things at not as great of an opportunity, but in the Colts, like to me, they're both tremendous fades. And the beautiful thing about this is I think that in ADP Christian Watson is going to be a first round wide receiver, especially with how poorly the draft played out. So I don't even have to worry about that because I'm never going to draft him. I have him currently ranked <laughs> as wide receiver like a seven, maybe he's pick 18 for me right now. I just, I don't care that he's in green Bay. Cause you know what Rogers likes? He expects perfection. Rogers wants you to do read his mind and do that. You know, what Christian Watson is raw. So if he somehow manages not to get dog housed by Aaron Rodgers, then sure there's a possibility but I'm not going to oversell his ceiling just because he's an athletic guy. How many fucking times do we have to get burnt by these athletic dudes to realize that it's just not a good sample or not a good prototype to be betting on early in your rookie drafts. This is 100% a case of why you don't let the combine dictate your rookie status and the NFL should know better by now. And they really haven't. Because Christian Watson was a guy that wasn't on anybody's radar until what Senior Bowl was it the Senior Bowl or the FCS whatever the that that All Star Bowl is or or whatever the, what East East West Shrine Bowl right yeah what yeah and then he like started that, gaining he started gaining a little momentum there and then it was like the combine he got invited to for some reason I don't know why he got invited and other people didn't uh, hmm. there's some other receivers on my list that I'm looking at like why didn't they get invited. And he had a very good combine in his underwear. So fantastic. Congratulations. Like, awesome. You, you can run fast in, 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 in your spandex and you can catch a ball when you don't have pads on or a helmet. The, every year we see somebody like this, this is this year's Christian Watson. Now, I don't know what the percentage is of those guys that rise because of it succeed in, in comparison to don't succeed. But in my memory serves of me doing this long enough i feel like it's more people fail than they succeed uh, doriel green beckham comes to mind as another second round wide receiver mm-hmm. that rose up boards uh yes he was, the, he was supposed to be the second coming of christ and that didn't work out so uh <laughs> like it's, i just yeah it, no I it's mean, true though dd westbrook um yeah, yeah. a couple other guys that just they're these tremendous athletic species so i think what you need to do is you just need to not take him in the first 14 picks of your rookie draft 
and then just know that someone will and just don't worry about it because uh, he, uh, just pump your brakes if you do yeah he, no, he's I know that having a consolidated target tree and having opportunities primo, and I completely agree with that. Like it is a grand slam situation for him. And if there's ever an opportunity for him to break out and actually be good, it is going to be Green Bay because you're playing against Amari Rodgers and Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard. Well, Romeo Dobbs and Samari Torres. Dubes was nice. (laughs) I don't know who the fuck Samari Torres is. I don't really care to be honest. Dubes, Dubes, yeah. I like Dubes. I'll fuck with Dubes. Dubes is, I, I think Dubes is actually a better fit there, personally. I agree. I think and it's he, likely. Yeah, better if value. You, there you go. If you want to go and grab a wider wider <laughs> of Pittsburgh or uh, Packers, wait to the third and grab Dubes, and you'll be fucking ecstatic. Um, I'm just going to move on, though, because everyone knows how I feel about Christian Watson. It's of not a surprise. Uh, Brees Hall went to the New York Jets. Um, Michael, why do people think that's a bad landing spot? Well, they, they think it's a bad landing spot because they love Michael Carter. Uh, <laughs> I mean, look. At the end of the day, I, I love. Everything. At the end of the day, I love Michael Carter. Okay, and I think Michael Carter still has a role. If I love Lamp. Opinion. But it, who? I love Lamp. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> fair. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I think Carter still has a role. It's just going to be a change of pace back role. I think Brees Hall has an opportunity and chance to be a workhorse. But I think the workhorse running back is is a dying breed. There's yeah. only a handful that do it now. Yeah. And the New York Jets, <clears throat> I don't think, are a team that want to do it. And, I th- and I'll tell you why. I think teams have kind of got away from this workhorse because second contract running backs die off pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. But running back is such an important piece to almost everything that any of any team does. So you need to have those running backs and you need an effective one. Nobody gives a shit if you're rolling out Boston Scott as your starter every week. Nobody cares because Boston Scott's not a guy that scares anybody. But you need to have a guy that you can spell and carry enough of a workload that it prolongs your running back to be effective over X amount of years. Yep. Um, it's so a, a, load. Lot of time, a lot of times in fantasy football, the, the – the second contract is where you want to say, okay, I'm done. And I think the Jets are going to use Carter still. Brees Hall will still be the most effective and most dynamic player. And Brees Hall will still easily be, at the end of the year, a running back one, in my opinion. Um, it's just how much of that role is Michael Carter going to eat into and how much do the Jets want to run? And honestly, until Zach Wilson proves that he can sling the ball, I think they're going to rely a lot more on the run. A lot. I mean, let's just – so. You're not wrong there. Uh, Michael Carter is probably going to be in touch for six to eight touches a game, maybe. And Austin Eckler talked about this. He likes when guys help spell him because it long it extends his career. Yeah, and that's just something that these guys are should be embracing, be excited about. Just Absolutely. let's say the Jets are having 26 attempts or touches to running back. I think it's fair to say that Brees Hall is going to get at least 65 percent, if not more, by midseason, probably more. So if he had 65% of the 26 touches, he would be getting 17 touches a game, which is guaranteed a top 24 finish continuing that pace. Like that is the, that is the touch minimum you want to see. So I think people that have Kenneth, Kenneth Walker as their wider or running back one are disillusioned because while, while Zach Wilson has not shown a affinity to throwing to the running back, we know that Brees Hall is a very good pass catcher and he has that ability and he is a very, or he is a good enough pass blocker where he can be a three down back. So he's not going to be brought out on third downs. He's just going to be brought out on a couple of plays and or drives to help spell him. 
And that's how that works. So that's why Brees Hall is still your running back one. They also grab Jeremy Rucker, who's a great tight end blocker, blocking tight end, and they are upgrading their offensive line. I think Brees Hall is in play for a top 15 finish in 2022. Kenneth Walker went to my beloved Seahawks. I fucking hate this. Let me tell you why I hate this. I love Kenneth Walker. I think this is a very fine opportunity and branding spot for him. What I fucking hate is the Seahawks are rebuilding. Fuck. Oh, they're not rebuilding. Excuse me. They're saying, <laughs> go fuck yourself. Pete Carroll's too old for this shit. We're running this fucker back with Drew Locke and Geno Smith. We'll stitch it together by fucking play. Kind of the, the, this is the thing about Seahawks that I think people are overzealous about. The opportunity is there. We have, you have, he has a tremendous opportunity to just absolutely eat up 20, 22 touches a game. He could very easily get that in Seattle because that is like a baseline running amount of run plays that they have. The issue is, is that it doesn't matter. His draft capital does not matter. Pete Carroll says, who is the best running back in the room? If it is not you, Kenneth Walker, you are not going to get to play. I don't care that we spent pick 41 on you. You're not going to fucking get it. So I don't think I can take him over London or Williams or Wilson or uh, Burks just because you are have to play that risk into your head that this guy could legitimately be Rashad Penny again. I don't think he will, but there's a possibility that he's that he could be that. Do you feel kind of similarly with Kenneth Walker or how are you, where are you standing on with him? My, my thing with Walker is, is I think this impacts Carson more than it affects Penny uh, in the sense of, I think Carson's pretty much done. I I just, nothing against Carson. He had a fantastic career in Seattle when he was there, very effective runner, fit their style perfectly. Rashad Penny is a guy that just needs to stay healthy and he's easily the most dynamic running back in Seattle. He proved it. He's proved it numerous times that you put the ball in his hands, he's electric, as long as he can stay fucking healthy. He can't stay healthy. So that becomes a problem. So Kenneth Walker kind of comes in and is like, okay, here's a guy that might be able to do it all. We're not really sure. But this is another guy who had a a solid career at Wake Forest and had one really good year at Michigan State behind. Granted, the team was terrible the year before when he transferred, but they brought in like, what was it? 26 transfers. And all of a sudden the team was good. And Kenneth Walker was, you know, lighting up scoreboards. And now yeah. all of a sudden Kenneth Walker is the second running back taken. And we're supposed to sit here and ignore what happened at Wake Forest, I guess. I don't know. Um, I don't know where I sit with Walker. And I think that's one of my biggest issues, but to me, I have him ranked second because there's nobody else. Well, yep. there's one other guy that I like later than him, but I don't have him ranked higher than him. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, great opportunity, great chance. It's really going to be whether or not Pete Carroll sits with what he's familiar with, with Carson and Penny, or if he's like, okay, Carson, sorry, it's now the Penny and Walker show. Yeah. I think I feel that Carson is probably headed to a injury retirement, similar yeah. to camp chancellor. I That's what believe, I believe their neck injuries are eerily similar. And I know that we're seeing Chris Carson getting back, but I think at the end of the day, you just have to prioritize your livelihood as a human over your football career. So he'll get an injury settlement and maybe he'll go bring him back as a, in like a running back role. Cause I mean, I love the guys. I have no ill will towards him. He's fantastic. I just, I don't think it's there. Um, but I mean, Kenneth Walker is running back too, because who, who else are you going to put? You got James Cook in Buffalo and you got Rashad White in Tampa Bay. Like 
I like them both. They're really fun and exciting, but they're not Kenneth Walker. You know, James Cook isn't doesn't have the size to be a bell cow, and Rashad White has Leonard Fournette in front of him. So like they both have like they both have their unique obstacles going ahead. Wandale Moore went to the Giants. Um, we talked about this a little bit on the first pod. Wandale Moore has like one of the best production profiles in this class, just as a whole, from Tennessee to what he did at Kentucky. Um, it was he was Tennessee, right? It was in Nebraska. 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 It was Nebraska. Then he yeah. transferred. What he did in Nebraska, and then what he did, he transferred to Tennessee or Kentucky. It uh, you can't understate that enough. And then he got the draft capital. And the Giants wide receiver room isn't this scary monster. Like there's no one established there right now. It's not Kadarius Tony. It's not Kenny Galladay. Sterling Shepard's basically retired because of his Achilles. Uh, Darius Slayton is just a warm body to warm the bench. So like there is a role there. And if they want to use him as a gadget short yak guy, like he is perfect for that. But as Mike said earlier, your hit rate for drafting someone below 5'10 is exceedingly low. There's two wide receivers at 5'8 that have hit. Steve Smith and then oh, – who was the other one? Fuck, I forget. Was, Steve Smith Jr. is one of them and then someone else. <laughs> I don't remember who it was. Clearly, it was he was good, though. He's good. But, like, that is a very scary sample size. And my my thing with Wondell, Wondell Robinson is, is what's the difference between him and Kadarius Tony? other than Tony being taller, you know, yeah. like that, I mean, at the end of the day, what, what, what's really the difference there? I mean, college production, I, that's, yeah, that's it. In I, size. Yeah, I just, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think that Tony's basically, this is kind of a, a carbon, a, a carbon copy type esque player more than it is anything. And, and I don't know if this is the giant sending a message to Tony uh, the Giants were having a fantastic draft up until this point, in my opinion. I think mm-hmm. there's a, a thousand other w- wide receivers that they could have taken at this point that would have been significantly better. Guess and who Mr. Irrelevant was? Sorry to interrupt you. Brock Purdy. Wow. San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> they just got their starting quarterback. Um, oh, my so, God. <laughs> uh, there's there's a thousand. I, I, I just – I don't know how I feel about it. The Giants definitely – there's opportunity there. And this just screams Rondell Moore all over again to, to – not produce and obviously they're young players that you know we got to give them a little bit of time to really develop into it but it just it's not an impact player immediately for me yeah there's other impactful wide receivers we're going to talk about here that they could have taken that i feel like would have been a lot easier of a return it's not good value not good value i agree i think and you what's nice about this is that you're more likely than not going to be able to get one day robinson whenever you want to because no one's really going to like him i got him ranked 15th right now Wide receiver, I want to say seven. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Wide receiver, eight right now. Um, you have a much higher than I do. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I like that profile. And I think that the NFL says, hey, you know, we aren't really that scared off by his height. So I'm not, I'm, a, I'm trying not to be scared off as much as I can. And then we had Mechie go to Houston. Um, I, Mechie doesn't really push my buttons for me, even though it's a good spot. Do you really care about Mechie? I have him ranked higher. I mean, I, I think that he has an opportunity and chance to be impactful. I just – Houston, it's going to be a, how are they going to use him because Nico Collins is the guy that was, you know, that I'm projecting or I'm predicting is going to have a much bigger year. But look, so. what he did, but look what he did in his rookie year. Awful. You know, so is, is it going to be one of those situations where they use Mitch at the same way? Yeah. It, I, whenever, he, whenever he's healthy. You know, that's the other thing too. I mean – 
They expect it's, him already by camp, I think. I don't. I mean, maybe, but like he him and him and Williams tore their ACL basically the exact same time, like a game, two weeks apart. Right. So I mean, so like I, they're they're pretty much pup candidates, and like Mechie's profile and production is real bad. Yeah, it's not. It's not very good at all. So bad. He was like wide receiver, like five on his yeah on his team at one point. Like, exactly. As a starter, <laughs> he, he 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 his best. Notable things: He had a dominator rating of nineteen point eight. That was his career best, and a receiving yard market share of twenty five point three, which is fine, but it's just it's not great. Um, then New England did what New England does: took Tyquan Thornton. I don't fucking care. I, Doesn't literally do a goddamn thing for me. Fifth year senior, I don't give a shit. Can, can I just say New England had an absolute fucking horrible draft? I, we should do a mental. We should do a an, a cognitive assessment on Bill Belichick because I'm I honestly did, concerned. <laughs> That literally looking at their draft picks just from an NFL standpoint, not even from a fantasy standpoint, literally might be one of the worst drafts I've ever seen. It makes being a Seahawks fan feel good. I was going to say, it should make you guys happy. <laughs> it's like, like oh, my God, we aren't that bad. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I, I don't know. I don't know. They hit on Mac Jones last year. They had a, uh, Damian Harris they hit on two years ago, three years ago. Like, But for the most part, I don't know what the hell they were doing. Maybe they just were like, fuck this draft. Yeah, you know it's know. it's probably that, and it's also probably that like, yeah, we blow at drafting wide receivers, so we're not even going to try to draft good ones. We're just going to draft shitty ones and hope that maybe <laughs> they're good. They're trying to game the system. That's what they're fucking trying to do. They're trying to draft bad wide receivers because they clearly know that the wide receivers they, they like aren't good. Let me we'll draft the guys we don't like and see if they're good. Um, Thornton is fast. That is the end of that conversation. I, I there's literally no more. George Pickens had a pretty big slide from what we saw. Went to Pittsburgh overall. There were a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of rumors and information rumbling about him and or uh, McIntosh, him being the driver for McIntosh's wreck in DUI, him being the passenger, then both fleeing the scene. And then you add on the red flags you have from in-game disputes, the fact that he is taking plays off, not really being a run blocker on the team. There were a lot of question marks for George Pickens that made him fall in the draft and made people fall in his rankings. And then he went to the best fucking spot he could ask for. There is literally no other spot you could ask for than Pittsburgh to wipe out any of those concerns. Oh, you have a player that has attitude issues. No worries. Mike Tomlin's going to got it. Oh, you got a guy who is raw, but has really good upside. Well, Steelers have a really good draft capital history of hitting on wide receivers. So it doesn't really matter. Like any other situation, George Pickens would be fucking bottom tier. But because he's a Steeler, he is going to be overdrafted. I don't know how to feel about that. So I'm going to throw this out there right now that you touched on everything that I was going to say. If George Pickens maturity can reach the level that it needs to reach, it's going to be in Pittsburgh because of what that stability brings in an organization that is arguably the most stable in the last 50 years. I mean, basically since it's pretty much existed, Pittsburgh is one of the most stable organizations, if not these, the pillar of stability. Um, and <clears throat> he lands in a spot that has young wide receivers that, have been there for a couple of years to the point where they are veterans, basically Deontay Johnson, if he can get over this contract dispute or whatever it is, I don't even standoff can, can come back and steer him in the right direction. I think that Pittsburgh got a steal of a wide receiver following that, that far with his talent. 
I mean, he, at one he, point, at one point in time, Pickens was considered a possible wide receiver, the the top wide receiver in this class. He was a top wide receiver one coming yeah. in twenty twenty one, right? And then he tore so, his ACL, and you're like, well, I guess not anymore, right? Like, fuck, okay. Like, I, I, that's what's so wild is his talent is undisputed, but like. NFL cares. They don't give a shit about what you do off the field as long as you don't murdering people and you're not getting videotaped of the shit that you, the dumb shit you do. So there is something there that like, whether it's his shitty fucking, whether it's a shitty, um, his interviews were awful. His off the field red flags, all that shit just piling up and up and up and up and up. I don't know, but it makes me concerned. And Honestly, I'm just concerned. I just, I don't know, man. Like you, you, ha- you have to rank him highly. He's my 201. But like yeah, he is fair. Martavius Bryant in every fucking way. Except, every for Martavi- way. except for Martavius Bryant was more, was more about the marijuana during a time when marijuana wasn't yeah. a thing. It was a thing. I mean, Josh yeah. Gordon, George Pickens is just, more of the maturity issues with his attitude more than it is anything you know making dumb decisions you know not quite as dumb as henry ruggs but not quite as smart as you know cooper cup so you know what i mean like he, he makes just stupid decisions and if he can clean that up and he can and he can hold his temper and his attitude i i i, I think pittsburgh can do that and mike tomlin is, is going to do that and get probably try to get the best out of him and if he does, I don't see George Pickens' talent not reaching his ceiling. It's it's going to come down to how much he wants it. Yeah, at the, the, the end of the day, it will. It, it's going to come it's down, and that's, and that's scary. And so you yeah. just have to put a positional ranking, a positional draft spot on when you're willing to take that risk. Is that at the 111? Is that at the 204? Is that at the 205? Is that at the 201? Is that the 109? I don't know. That's up for you to decide. But it's going to come down to – how much does he truly want to be great and how much of this was he just given and he's happy being given. He's just relying on the fact that he was superior athletically than his competition. Cause yep. we don't fucking know. Right. And that's the most fun thing about George Pickens up next is Alec Pierce, AKA Christian Watson. He went to Indianapolis. I don't fucking care. He's going to be a roster clogger on your team. Don't take him. Any, any I- objections? I like the spot for the size. Matt Ryan's going to be able to give him the ball, but I just opportunity is just going to be whether or not it translates. I don't see it. I think his ceiling's too low. Yes, I had him here four. So I agree. Um, and then we can talk about fun things like Sky Moore to Kansas City. <laughs> this he, is what we all wanted, and it happened. Like, he's going to yeah. be my biggest. He's going to be my biggest mover, probably as far as where I have him. He was right on the upper tier three echelon. He's going to go into tier two. Kansas City is a fantastic spot for him, so I, I I have no issues with that spot. They don't have anybody else in front of them that's, in my opinion, worth a damn. So I I have I like I like Juju um, because no, he's, like Juju, but... he's at these crossroads, similar to Tua and a bunch of other players in this year. Like it's gonna be a really fun year just from like a longevity perspective because there's a bunch of players right now that are younger, kind of on that threshold of being good or bad. And they're just stacks of talent wise. Like Juju's like, okay, bro. Like you just didn't really get the opportunity you got. And so now you're in Kansas city with Patrick Mahomes. Um, you have no excuses. If you fail and falter this year, you're going to be wide receiver 40 forever. And you're never going to be respected. If you succeed, you're going to be a top 24 wide receiver again, dynasty wise. And so sky Moore is just, Oh, it's so exciting, man. He's got, 
He is, if you guys don't know about Sky Moore, which you really should, he, this is his third year playing wide receiver. He was a cornerback mm-hmm. coming into Western Michigan. Yep. He had 12,900 or 1,291 <laughs> yards his age 20 season, his uh, junior season, early declare at a Mac school, which is absolutely insane. A career yards per team, re- receiving yards per team attempt of 2.2. Everything about him is just fan-fucking-tastic. Um, and it, it's just, it's great. It's really fun. And there is nothing to dislike about Sky Moore. The only issue is, is that how high is he, is his ADP going to inflate because of where he's playing? Well, I, I had him as a late first round NFL grade. Same. Um, and uh, early, early second at, at the most. And he fell for a little further than I expected him to. Uh, and then on top of that, landing in Kansas City is going to obviously, you know, make people, um, want to, to to overdraft him which could be a concern uh, honestly with the way quarterback slid you know and you're a team that can compete but doesn't necessarily need a wide receiver to come in and start and you kind of want to see what sky Moore does i i say you could take him at the end of the first and be happy yeah if you want my honest opinion uh there's a couple of guys that were drafted in the first round that i might take him over depending on where they slide to you know or, or how that first round goes inside the top eight i mean realistically you're probably looking between 201 and 204 for him though yeah i haven't ranked as i haven't i would be happy to take him pick nine right now honestly i'd probably go as high as pick nine i think that's his ceiling um i just i i love sky i'm so happy to take him as often as i as often as i can um he's it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. And I think it's a great spot for him. Trim McBride went to Arizona, which is exciting. Unfortunately, maybe. they just signed Zacherts there for three years. So you're like, oh, and, maybe. and Max or... Williams. So you're like, well, at least we know he's not going to do much in your next couple of years. But I mean, we a know lot. that. It, teams like teams like Kansas city and teams like Arizona, well, Kansas city prior to this year, teams like Kansas city prior to this year and, and Arizona and, these wide open offenses that, that spread the ball around a lot and, and get big production are so hard to really gauge because it's just so much, you know, like when McCole Hardman was drafted, everybody was like, McCole Hardman's going to be Tyree kill 2.0. And it's like, they didn't use him in that role. They used him in, in, in a whole different other role. I, I get the same feeling with Trey McBride. Like he's more of a split end, uh, you know, big-bodied wide receiver than he is a true tight end. But Zach Ertz is there. Nuke is there. They traded for Hollywood Brown. Rondell Moore was a second-round pick last year. They re-signed James Conner. So, I mean, where does that put him in the pecking order? And tight ends generally take longer to develop. So, for me, I hate the tight end position. I'm not even going to lie about it. Dynasty Academy, we don't even really fucking talk about the tight ends. And uh, we didn't even rank them this year. Because, yeah. <laughs> like, it just it's it, it takes too long to develop. And by the time that you get to that point, they're either – not going to develop or you're going to get Travis Kelsey at 27 when he really actually breaks out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the best approach right now is because like these, none of these tight ends are going to give you a Kyle Pitts year. So don't draft them and then trade for them later. If they end up being good, pay that tax. It doesn't matter. Just if you have to, don't, don't let them waste away on your bench and take up valuable running back spots. It's just the notion that tight ends, like, it, your tight end ones are like the top three players and then anything from four to like 31 is all the same so i mean if, if you believe in positional advantages you know quote unquote then 
I just did the air quotes again. Go ahead and take a guy like Kyle Pitts early if you really believe in him. But for me, if I can draft a guy in like round 15 that ends up being tight end eight, I'm just as happy. Like it just, yeah, you know. Absolutely. Um, next up is James Cook. You're running back that you were alluding to earlier. Take it away, Michael. He He's my RB3. Uh, uh, I had him ranked RB4 before the draft, which surprised a lot of people. And uh, to be honest with you, I would probably put him at RB2 being in Buffalo. Uh, or, sorry, I have him RB3. I would draft him ahead of Kenneth Walker gotcha. in, in Buffalo. Very interesting. Uh, uh, only reason I would do it is because I don't think that he was drafted there to be a workhorse. I think that they still believe Devin Singletary can be that guy as far as the grinder that they need. But Cook is so explosive. His open field, when you watch his tape, he's the most dynamic open field running back in this draft from top to bottom. There's nobody else that's better than him. And he's highly, highly underrated between the tackles. He might be, in my opinion, one of the top four in between the tackles runners in this class when you really break down his tapes and when he does between the tackles. His vision is off the charts. I don't know if it's, a, it's just a Cook family thing. I have no idea. But Dalvin's tape, when I watched Dalvin at Florida State, his tape, he was the best pure runner of that draft class. People thought I was nuts. They were like, oh, you're crazy. I'm like, no, he's the best pure runner. And then he got hurt for the two, first two years, and people were like, ha, 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 you drafted him. And then, like, now look where he's at. James Cook is very similar to me. He's a guy who didn't get a lot of respect because he didn't get a lot of usage, but his usage is his tape is, is so nice. When you break it down, it's just going to be, how is Buffalo going to use him? If they use him as that open field and occasionally in between the tackles and not rely on him as a workhorse, James Cook could easily go on to be an Alvin Kamara esque type player by the time that he gets the strength and the game slows down for him. In my opinion, the the issue with James Cook is that he's 195 pounds. It, but that goes back with the weight. The, the, he's got to put on a little bit of weight to yeah. get to that Alvin Kamara esque type yeah. type role. If he can do that over the course of a few years, and mm-hmm. he's not immediately thrusted into the workhorse, he could reach an Alvin Kamara. I'm not saying that that's where he's going to do. I'm saying it's, he it's could a, a he could reach that. Yeah, like that that would probably my guess would be where his ceiling could be if he oh, packed God. on some muscle and went through it. So. <sighs> I mean, I, what, it's that, not wrong, though, because I it's so tough because Rashad White doesn't really have the landing spot, but he has the size and the receiving acumen. And we have yeah, questions about Rashad his White running too. ability. Like like Rashad White and James Hook are both are like sort of minus rushers, but I think James Hook has better vision in the open field. And they're both really good receiving backs, which is great. So, I mean, it, they're neck and fuck it neck. And you can it's really a personal preference where you have them. I'm probably going to be swip, swapping them. James Cook, Rashad White, all the goddamn time, just because I won't be able to know. Um, but I, you hit on it, and Devin Singletary is not scary. Devin Singletary is no. not someone that you're like, oh, it, he, he's not Leonard Fournette. He's right? Chris like, Car- he's Chris Carson of Buffalo. He it, exactly like you. Like the <laughs> issue with Rashad White is is that Rashad White's 23 right now, and Leonard Fournette signed for three years. Granted, it's a it's an easy out contract, so. Rashad White's in like past the age apex of, of athleticism when he's going to have a true shot at having the role. Whereas James Cook, I believe James Cook is like 22 and it doesn't really matter because Devin Singletary blows balls and he is, <laughs> he is burnt asshole. Like he is the epitome of burnt asshole. It, so it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's simple. And so 
I, it, he, James Cook was a really fun pick there. Surprised me. I didn't expect him to go running back three in draft, but I think running back three is a, he, you know what, that, James Cook and Rashad White give me a very Trey Sermon and Michael Carter sort of comparison from last year. They're going to go earlier than they did, those two did, but it's going to be neck and neck between who do you like more and more likely than not, one's going to not be far less successful than the other. And I think James Cook's path to, to opportunity and value is just much easier than Rashad White's, even though Rashad White has a much better comp overall. Well, I had Rashad White in my tier two. He was, he, I actually had him behind a guy who actually ended up going undrafted. This was my pre rankings, obviously. Um, but uh, being at Tampa Bay, I like it because Geo, Geo, Geo is, you know, basically 35 at this point, and you might as well mm-hmm. just been running back here. So he's like 40. Um, and they don't have anybody else behind them. I mean, yeah, I, Keyshawn Vaughn was never really a thing and never was going to be a thing. And uh, people just kind of, you know, latched onto that because he was there. Yeah. Uh, but Rashad White, the, the reason why I had Cook rated in a tier higher than White was just because Cook did everything in Georgia. I mean, they had yeah. him spread out at wide receiver. Yeah. He played in the slot sometimes. He was a lead blocker for Zamir White on like, – like, it was crazy. Like, as a 195-pound back, he was literally a lead blocker for Zamir White. I felt Cook was tougher as a, a, a tougher runner than White with the ball in his hands, but was more electric with the ball in his hands at the same time. So it kind of just put the edge, but I love Rashad White. I even drafted him in one of the C2C leagues. So uh, yeah. Wow. Good call. Very good yeah. call. Yeah. So up next uh, after James Cook is Bellis Jones Jr. The Bears like Justin Fields so much. They passed on George Pickens. And they said, yo, 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 hold up. We got you. Don't even swear about it. Uh, we're going to take a 25-year-old player who's been in college for six years. They went to USC for four and then went to – where did he play the last two years? It was a moderately successful school. I think Tennessee or some dumb shit like that. Tennessee. If Tennessee. you look at – if you put raw stats, you put Bellis Jones – Well, he transferred to you at Tennessee. You're, you're right. He did transfer to Tennessee. He, he put Tennessee. You put his return stats next to his receiving stats. You would think that his return stats are his receiving stats in his receiving stats or his return stats. And they took this man. Oh, fuck. Why do you hate Justin Fields? So uh, I'm, I'm worried for Justin Fields. Out of the quarterbacks, out of the quarterbacks for the last two years that have been drafted, he is literally the biggest guy that, well, not, well, not this year, obviously, but he, he's literally the, the guy that I'm concerned about the most. Chicago, Hasn't given him anything. So they signed Byron Pringle and Equimini St. Brown. Uh, Byron Pringle just got arrested. Yeah, he's going to be suspended and, for four years. And, and at this point, he was a wide receiver. He was their wide receiver, too. Yeah. Uh, Equimini St. Brown now rolls into that role. Uh, when I see Valuse Jones, you know what I think of? What's that? Do you remember, do you remember when Ted Ginn Jr. was drafted? Yeah, uh, no. No? Was it, really a little bit, was it before your age? A little before bit before time? my time, yeah. Before your time? Great. I yeah. just aged myself. So when Ted Ginn Jr. was drafted, he was drafted ninth overall to Miami. And the GM slash coach went on ESPN when they're talking about it. And the first thing out of their mouth was during the press conference was wait till you see this guy return punts. <clears throat> That's what Luce Jones reminds me of it is is who he is. every single time that I think about this situation. I'm like, Oh, wait till you see, wait till you see him return punts uh, drafted as a wide receiver in the second round. Uh, you got yourself a good punt returner. Congratulations. It's the same I hope you I- are happy with yourself <laughs> in your decision. You fucking uh, idiots. If you have Justin Fields, find somebody in your league that's a believer and sell him because yeah, uh, that's what this, I'm doing in our league. This rebuild at this particular point in time 
it may not be worth holding on to him for because he's it never is, gonna he's not gonna reach his ceiling at this rate. It is god fucking awful. God, they're doing awful. they're doing him basically what they did to Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, no, absolutely. They're doing everything in their power. They are literally just copy and pasting what what Matt Nagy did, just under the new names of uh, Pace and Eberflus. Oh yeah, Eberflus. The yeah, it's literally like what's a, happening. Like they're like just. <laughs> Uh, it's just I, I'm I can't comprehend the stupidity behind this pick and thinking that Darnell Mooney is a wide receiver one. I just I can't I love do it. Mooney, but I do too. I love Mooney, he's, but he's, he's, he's not, not a wide alpha. receiver one. Oh. He's not. And and so what's Justin Fields going to do? Like he's a guy that needs to see someone open before anticipating. So far, hopefully he makes that step. But how is he going to make that step when he has no one to fucking throw to except for special teams players and Mooney? But what's so even worse is they didn't even draft a running back to help him with a receiving running back. No. They have David Montgomery, and I don't know the last time I checked. Khalil David Herbert, Montgomery that's did, it. Well, Khalil Herbert, yeah. I mean, maybe if he, if he returns from the injury. I mean, it, David Montgomery doesn't catch the ball. Not well, no. <laughs> like, so Cole Komet is literally your only safety net drop back guy that you're going to be able to – I mean, you're not going to go out there with Valuse Jones and say, hey – give me a, give me a, a 10 yard hitch or give me a 12 yard in and we'll, that we'll play it safe. You'll be good. Find the safe, find, find the, find the hole in, the, in, in a zone. The guy probably doesn't even know what a zone is. The the best, the only option that we can see here is that they bring back Tariq Cohen, who's yet to sign anywhere. That's the only they released him though. Yeah. But they, that's the only opportunity they bring him back or they bring someone UDFA to come and fill that role. I remember Cleo Herbert wasn't an awful receiver. He was, he did actually pretty yeah, well. He was pretty decent. But, like, the point remains. Jelani Woods went to Indianapolis to join his brother-in-arms, Mo Ali Cox, the 6'7 Giants. The Indiana Colts now have the tallest tight end room in the entire NFL. I don't really care about this. Like, I love Jelani. I just not a bad spot. The Colts run a lot of two tight end sets. He's played tight end for a year. He's going to be overdrafted. And, again, just like McBride and everyone else in this draft, I would rather have guys – not drafted in your rookie drafts as UDFA stashes in your on your taxi spot, then actually taking and spending draft capital on Jelani over running backs. Um, I like Jelani and I like the India of his close landing spot, but I just don't know what to do with him at this point. Uh, quick change of subject update. Seattle has actually addressed the quarterback position. Who we get? You guys are going to probably roll into the season with either Levi Lewis or, Kale- or Caleb Ellaby. Those are your two undrafted free agents you signed so far. Just thought you should know that. You're welcome. I know that just made your day. Oh! <laughs> God damn it! You know what? I don't even hate Caleb Ellaby, but like, oh, Ingers. Oh, Son of a Knight. Son of a Knight's with the Jets, too. Oh, I don't even. I, everything sucks. Everything is awful. <laughs> it's so, so awful. I just wanted to let you know. I, I, I thank started you my, for that. I started my undrafted free agent. Uh, oh, oh my god! Uh, Desmond Ritter goes to Atlanta. He says he's going to give Atlanta a Super Bowl. Um, I don't know how Desmond Ritter is going to buy a Super Bowl for Atlanta, but he's certainly not going to be the one to give them to it. Will he? No, God no, no. I, so that team, it's, not, that team, it's not a bad spot for him though, right? I mean, it's, it's just not, shitty draft capital. It's not if Mariota doesn't do what Trubisky what we were talking about with Trubisky possibly could do in Pittsburgh. I mean, yeah. if he does, then it's a terrible spot, but you're, you're a third round quarterback at that point, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Russell Wilson was a third round quarterback, so who the hell knows, but I just, it, it's not a very high success rate. And 
and Atlanta doesn't have anything around them at this particular point in time to make me think of it. They really made a mistake drafting Kyle Pitts last year at four. I'm sorry, they did. He, fantastic player, but it was it was not good for your team. You didn't win games with him. He wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't. He wasn't going to be a game winner, and you're going to be picking inside the top five for at least the next two years. So, yep. if not, if it's not true. first overall, they're so. they're rebuilding backwards. I think Matt Kelly said that. I don't know, probably a little bit ago, but they're rebuilding the wrong way. Yeah, they're, they're not building inside around, out, not outside in. Yeah, they're not building around a quarterback. They're so they're building yeah. around uh, a tight end, I guess. At this point, it's just it's weird. It's a weird way to do it. Two towering two towering wide receivers are receiving uh, players. Greg Dolcich went to Denver to die. I am saddened by this because I liked Dolcich. I thought it was really oh. exciting, but like, I I mean I, I'm not really bought into Albert O right now. I don't think he's just elite prospect i think he did great and had fun and clearly was good enough where they sent away fans so no disrespect there but i just i don't know i dulcich doesn't really have a path opportunity and so i'm not going to draft him because again i will pay for him if he ends up being good albert o does everything good but nothing sexy Mm -hmm. so it's literally one of those things where he'll block for you perfectly fine but it's not going to be something that's going to stand out on tape he's going to make plays for you but he's not going to stand on the tape. And Dulich again, it goes back to the to the issue with tight ends, rookie tight ends specifically. Unless you have an elite prospect at that specific position, it takes way too long for them to develop. You know, Kyle Pitts. The only reason why he even developed is because he's not actually a tight end. I mean, yeah. let's be honest; he's yeah. a freaking wide receiver. So yeah. he's Jimmy Graham. He, he's the outlier in that situation. But every other tight end in the league, you know, it takes so long to. You know, yeah. be, point, so. be at a reasonable point. Uh, Tennessee called and said, yo, Malik Willis, we're finally going to make this right and we're going to take you. And then they forgot. They were so excited for this. They forgot to tell Ryan Tannehill. Do we care about Malik Willis? Uh, no. I mean, he can't. At this particular point in time, no. He's not, he's not going to outbeat Tannehill. Tannehill's contract, his dead cat space is fifty million this year and thirty-two million next year. So he's not going anywhere for at least two years. The there's just no way way that they can make that happen. The upside for Malik Willis is is that he's going to be brought in on some goal line packages as a running back, as a runner. Yeah, like that's that's what they're going to do, and so they'll have like Tannehill and Willis. Maybe Willis is like next to Tannehill, and then you'll don't know if it's a pass or a run, but it's going to be something. One of my biggest issues with Malik Willis was he, he he literally dropped to being like a fifth stringer at Auburn. They were talking about possibly moving him to wide receiver. He transferred to a school with lesser competition. Granted, he was absolutely great at Liberty, but they didn't really play anybody tough. And I, and I, I don't and I don't believe strength of schedule or, or competition level necessarily always dictates what happens at the next level. It's just that usually when you do something like that, you transfer that way. It's because you're on the cusp, like a Joe Flacco was at Pittsburgh and then transferred to Delaware for a year. Malik was at Liberty for two. He did improve as a passer and he has a cannon for an arm, but everything else screams red flags around him. Yeah, I agree. So his, his, his allure was that he was going to be a first round draft pick. He no longer is a first-round draft pick. He no longer has a <laughs> So it's like... <laughs> it does not matter more. Uh, Jalen Tolbert, who is someone I wasn't super excited about, lands in a pretty good fucking spot in Dallas. They're, that, had, that Y position for Dallas is wide open. I had Tolbert in my Tier 3 as the 10th overall prospect on my on my board pre-draft. 
I, I, I actually had I actually at one point had him as a end of the like Sky Moore end of the first round wide receiver. Hmm. Love Dallas. It screams yeah. Michael Gallup all over again. Yep. And you know they're gonna again. It's one of those things. They're gonna spread the ball around. Yep. You know they use C.D. Lamb as a rookie. They use Gallup as a rookie. There's nothing to suggest that they're not going to use Jalen Tolbert as a rookie. You can. My issue is Mike McCarthy. Yeah. You can probably. Hate, go ahead. I just hate Mike McCarthy as a coach. I think he's. Is, he's awful. It's, it's the game's passed him by. He's Joe. Just Gibbs. like Pete Carroll and everyone else. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. It's <laughs> it's very well said. Uh, Pete, you can basically copy and paste Cedric Wilson's numbers for Jalen Tolbert as a ceiling for his rookie season, though. To be honest, Lamb's going to be in the and, slot. Uh, Gallup's on X, and Tolbert is Y. And Cedric or, Wilson got or Z. Excuse me, Z. So. Yeah, so like it, it's he, uh, I wasn't really high on him coming in because I thought he was gonna be a better professional athlete than fantasy athlete, but this is one of the best spots for him, and you have to look at him seriously. Probably, uh, let's see where do I have him ranked right now? Tolbert, that's, that's fair. Actually, I have him sure. beginning of the third is when I think he's a guy you gotta start really looking deep at him. Rashad White finally went in the third round to Tampa Bay, not where we wanted, but we knew Tampa Bay sort of needed a wide or a running back. You know, they don't really have anything after him other than Keyshawn Bond, who's a non-starter, and Gianna, Gio Bernard, who just has a mustache at this point. <laughs> uh, Rashad White, his entire success is going to be on how well he relates with Tom Brady and whether or not Brady trusts him to be on the field. Yep. That's the Scary. only thing. Straight, straight out across the board, that is, that is it. Hey, Brady Scary. doesn't have the same track, track record as Karen Rogers does when it comes to... <laughs> When it comes to, you know, destroying and torpedo people's careers. But God, Tom Brady is, t- it, 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 and it's K-A-A-R-O-N. Um, <laughs> K-A-R-O-N. <laughs> oh, uh, my but, God. But Brady has the, the definitely has yeah worked himself into a stature to be able to say, hey, yep. you're not doing what you need to do. So you're going to be sitting gonna right be next there. to, you're going to be right next to Todd Bowles. Have yeah. Fun. So. The, the issue as we mentioned earlier, is that he's 23 coming in. And so Lenny's, yeah. I mean, albeit from an injury to Lenny, it's going to be really, it's going to be a difficult pathway unless he's David Johnson. Like that is the, that is the hope for Rashad Wise. He is David Johnson. Yeah. Uh, and you just, you're running on one year of production. And that's scary. It's really scary. Uh, San Francisco lights failing with Trey Sermon so much. They went back and did it again. Tyrion Davis price. No one thought he would actually get day two draft capital. No one really wanted to drink him as a top 12 running back. Now you have to, where are you drafting him in your rookie drafts? Like the, 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 the I can't even say words. I'm so shook by this, <laughs> but like the upside for Tyrion Davis prices, he's two nineteen and he ran a four, four, eight 40. That is, that is his selling point. He had a thousand yard season. Rushing yards at twenty in at LSU in 2021. You know, and I'm going to sit here and say something that might be considered a hot take or considered a, a, a dumb take. Uh, top end speed uh, for running backs don't doesn't mean shit. I don't care if you run a four two nine. <clears throat> Chris Johnson by far is the epitome and the in the pillar for top end speed and guys that do it in his best. His best season ever, the the, the two thousand yard season, he had six rushes of forty plus yards. So it just 
doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter if you run a 4-7 or a 4-4 when it comes to the running backs because what are the likelihoods of the chances that you're going to take a 20-plus yard run and get to the house anyways, even if you have a speed? Chris Johnson only had six in his 2,000-yard season, and he is the fastest running back we have ever seen. So do I care that he ran a 4-4? No, he ran a 4-4 like everybody else. I didn't even rank Tyrion Davis Price. Yep. Pre, 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 pre-ranking, I didn't rank him. I'm not ranking him now because Elijah Mitchell was better than Trey Sermon last year. I pounded that drum. Britt, you probably got sick and tired of me hearing about it. I actually might have said it on your podcast that Elijah Mitchell was going to be better than him. I don't remember. We were both pounding Elijah Mitchell. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I pounded that drum from, we from day one. Yeah. I And this doesn't change anything for me because I don't think Tyrion Davis price is better than Elijah Mitchell. So he's going to see the field just because he's a third round pick and he's going to, you know, San Francisco uses in a bevy of backs, but at the end of the day, I don't care if this, if this bothers anybody, it's going to bother sermon more than anything. And, it's, yeah. and it might make Jeffrey Wilson obsolete. Who knows? I, the, 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 the thing with is the thing here. <laughs> I can't get this out is, I looked back because I've, I've been fading Elijah Mitchell just because I think you have to fade the San Francisco starter at ADP because looking oh, at last, yeah. since Shanahan's been here, they start an average of 11 games, which is two games less than the NFL's average for top 24 backs. They get hurt at an astounding rate. Elijah Mitchell already was banged up last year. He's having a knee cleanup procedure in the offseason. There's going to be opportunity, and Tyrion Davis Price is fine for that. And, and your comment about speed is right. I don't give a fuck about their 40 time. I just care that their speed score is over 100. As long as you have a speed score of 100, I don't really fucking care. And yeah. after that, and 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 so, I the, the issue here is that he's going to be drafted really high because Elijah Mitchell, who was a who's a 49er, and Tyron Davis Price is a 49er, and they're going to just make that work and say this is the new guy. All we need is an injury. The issue also, Tyron Davis Price, is he's not a special teams player, so yep. he isn't he he isn't a lock like Elijah Mitchell was to make the 53 man roster. He very well could be a practice squad player and get poached elsewhere. I have him currently outside the top 24. I have him ranked at pick 27, which is 303. Um, I think that's a fantastic place to get him cost risk analysis. Do you disagree at all? Is there anything else you want to say about TDP? No, I took him off my board like I did. Yeah. It, Trey he's, Sermon he's, last year. I don't even, even in the third round, I, I think I'm going to take somebody else. So. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I hear it. I hear it. Uh, Matt Corral went to Carolina. I love How are we feeling? It. I love it. Sexy. I, I, I love it because I think Matt Corral is the most NFL-ready quarterback at this point. His ceiling isn't as high as some other guys, but his floor is higher than other guys. And Sam Darnold has been proven, or Carolina's proven, that they're not committed to Sam Darnold for the last two years. Uh, they draft Corral. They trade up to take Corral. So that tells me that they're not going to pursue Baker, at least for this year. They're going to see what they have. Corral might be the day one starter still. I mean, we. I mean, it seems nuts to say that about a third-round quarterback that Carolina passed on but they didn't have a second or third round pick they had to trade back in to get this pick so that's the other thing this was Carolina's second pick they didn't actually pass on Corral they passed on him at six but they didn't pass on him elsewhere so they actually moved up for him so it's actually a better sign than some any any of the other any of the other quarterbacks we have to keep that in mind it wasn't one of those situations where it was like Carolina had a second round pick and a third round pick and passed on both and then traded back in because it was good value. They literally didn't have a second and third round pick. They had to trade in 
to go get him. Um, I don't even know if anybody's talking about that, Britt, but that statement alone is something that you need to kind of like raise an eyebrow to and pay attention to it. Yeah. It could be the day one starter in Carolina. Oh my God. I would be all the fucking about that. Life I, just I'm, DJ just, Moore. I'm just telling you right now, he absolutely could. And Matt Corral, if that is in, I, to be honest with you at this point in time, when we do rookie drafts, just the idea and thought process that he might be the day one starter. I think you would have to honestly consider him in the first round at some point in time. Yeah. Maybe not, maybe not in the top 10 per se, Probably 12. But, if you're at, if, but if you're at 11, 12 range, yeah. 11, 12, 201 range, I would say, absolutely consider it i agree i think that's i, I have nothing else to add because i don't want to dilute that fantastic <laughs> I, I just don't it's fantastic uh brian robinson the junior went to your the commanders aka wft um tell me how i should feel because i have a lot of antonio gibson i tried to get rid i dropped in my rankings pre-draft because they were taking visits with uh Brees hall and kenneth walker and isaiah spiller and all the top guys and i was like that's not a good sign so i dropped them 15 and then he went brian robinson in the third he uh, brian robinson isn't going to be out or beat out antonio gibson but does brian robinson have any fantasy relevance uh well okay so this is gonna be the situation here uh, i hate brian robinson <laughs> i don't hate him. i don't hate him as much as my counterpart mark does um but I, I hate him. Uh, I don't hate him because he, he was, he played well, well, Alabama. Uh, yeah. he, uh, he's a Jag at the end of the day, he's just a guy yeah. and, uh, short yardage goal line, maybe, but on the flip coin, Washington needed a player like him because yeah. Antonio Gibson, who I love has proven that he gets dinged up playing that workhorse role and i think they're concerned about durability for gibson and they want to protect him so this is that pick ryan has the size yeah because he's got the receiving he can he can he can catch the ball i think he's an underrated receiver i do think he's an underrated receiver but i don't think he's an elite receiver either yeah Um, it's good i feel I, i just i don't i i don't like it but at the same time i understand it i just don't know if there's any fantasy relevance there yeah, I mean the fantasy relevance is that he's 220 pounds, speed score over 100, and has is a receiving can receive be a receiving back. But you're not wrong; like he's more of a Rykel Armstead than a Damian Harris or a Ramondre Stevenson. Um, the issue that I have with Antonio Gibson now is that with Antonio Gibson, it was like okay, but like JD McKissick's here, so receiving upsides that sucks. But at least he can be the goal line back. And now they brought in Brian Robinson, who is probably going to be a, a change of pace goal line back. And so now it's like, well, what is Antonio Gibson? He, he's literally the worst part of, of every running back. He's between the 20s. Like, you don't want your running back there. You want your running back in outside of the 20s. He is from – he's – it sucks, man. It's it's really unfortunate. Um, I hope that he can still reach that 16-touch threshold so he can be his top 24 running back. But he took a tremendous hit here. And I know this is not a rookie, but I have a lot of – I have a lot of Antonio Gibson, so fuck off and don't tell me what to do. It's my show. Yeah, yay me. <laughs> well, I think yeah. McKissick, I think McKissick too, uh, doesn't play as I factor. A camp cut. Well, I don't think he plays mu- as much of a factor into um, the running back room because they kind of used him more as a receiver. Him and him and Gibson were on the field a lot last year together. Yeah. And, and even though we drafted Jahan Dotson in the first round, which we didn't actually talk about, um, 
if we can re-sign McLaurin, I think that oh. I think McKissick will still be in that slot receiver. Yeah, I forgot about Jahan Dotson. That's how much I hate him. Please well, tell yeah, me why. Tell me how to feel about him. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't know how I feel about him. But what I will say about Jahan Dotson is I had him actually ranked seventh out of the top seven guys um, going into you know the 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 draft pre-ranking. Uh, he when uh, Lewis Reddick compared him to Lynn Swan. I thought that was a very fair comparison. I'm not saying he's going to end up being like Lynn Swan, mm-hmm. but he plays like Lynn Swan. So if that translates to the NFL and the game can slow down for him, it might not be a really bad spot. The issue is, is going to be Carson Wentz. Do we get 2019 Carson Wentz or do we get 2020 Carson Wentz? 2021 Carson Wentz wasn't even really that bad. I mean, to be honest with you, he threw for 4,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. I mean, yeah. he was not the issue with the Colts. He's the Colts scapegoat. But he was the Colts scapegoat for what happened in, for that defense giving up 27 points to the Jacksonville fucking Jaguars. But I'm also not a big Wentz fan, so which one are we going to get? That's the question. If we can get 2,000 uh, – it was actually 2018 Carson Wentz. Well, actually, no, 2019 Carson Wentz threw for 4,000 yards – without having a wide receiver go over 500 mm-hmm. yards. Mm-hmm. If we can get that, Jahan Dotson might be a guy that skyrockets up board and might ends up being one of the best receivers in this class. If we don't, then Jahan Dotson might just disappear off the face of the earth like Jalen Rager, and we're sitting here going, ha we told you Dotson sucks. That, that's that's where I am. I, I can't tell you how to feel because that's how I feel. Like, I, I agree. I've got – right now I've got Dotson ranked 16 uh, behind Wondell Robinson, George Pickens, and David Bell. I just – I don't know. I, I can't – I have him behind Bell. I have him seventh as wide receiver. Sorry, not overall. I yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm overall, with you. I think so. let's see, one, okay. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I got nine. I'm nine. nine. So. Um, and I just the first round draft capital is really good, and I don't want to dissuade that. And I've had people ask me why I'm so down on him, and it's just he's a late declare. He had two really good years at Penn State. I don't want to take that away from him. I think he's a very talented player he just falls in a really bad situation. And I think that every year we see guys that have first round draft picks that just sort of flame out because they shouldn't have been taken in the first round. And now he's not like he, he has Terry McLaurin. I, I'm, I'm going to not, I'm going to have a very low share uh, opportunity share of David Dotson and I'm, or Jahan Dotson. And I'm very okay with that. Uh, The last two guys were Jeremy Ruckert for the Jets and Danny Gray for the San Francisco 49ers. Are they relevant? I don't think so. Ruckert is is, like every other tight end I've said. Yep. Takes too long to develop. May not be relevant this year. Danny Gray. Danny Gray. Don't give a fuck. Another player. I didn't even, I didn't even have him ranked. Didn't even know he was in the player pool. Um, I'm dead serious. I didn't even know he was in the player pool. And he went to a school that I thought that I would be able to recognize he should, he should have been in the player pool. The fact that I completely missed him, I play C to C. So the fact that I completely missed him, I had Calvin Turner from Hawaii on my fucking rankings. <laughs> I had Trey Turner from Virginia Tech on my rankings. Like I had Kyle Phillips. I had Christian Watson, and he was in North Dakota State. I did not have fucking Danny Gray. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't care. Um, I do want to say one more thing. Run, run down here. Brit from some of the undrafted signings that have happened so far. Um, Charles Jack Cohen to Charleston Rambo uh, Hmm. is in Carolina. Not bad. Um, I don't know who the people is. I'm not going to mention them. Uh, Who was the other? Abram Smith, the running back from Baylor, is in the Hmm. Saints camp. Ooh, okay. Kennedy Brooks is in Philadelphia. 
Oh, I'm Carson, sad he didn't get drafted, but yeah. Carson Strong is in Philadelphia. Hmm. Tay Martin, the wide receiver from Oklahoma State, is in San Francisco. I mentioned Levi Lewis and Caleb Ellerby. Mm-hmm. Where's Tyler um, Goodson? I don't care about right now, I don't know if he's there. Anthony Brown, quarterback from Oregon, is with Baltimore. Shamari Jones, the running back from Coastal Carolina, who I love, is in Cincinnati. Isaiah Weston, who I thought was going to get drafted from Northern Iowa, the wide receiver, he's in Cleveland. Brandon Johnson, wide receiver from UCF's in Denver. Ooh, Tyler Devontae, Goodson goes to the Packers. Devontae Price, running back, Florida International, is in Indianapolis. C.J. Verdell, running back, is in Oregon. Uh, from Oregon, is in Indianapolis. Yikes. Uh, Taylor Fleet Davis, the running back from Maryland, is in Kansas City. Zonovan Knight, I told you about. Mateo Durant, the running back from Duke, is in Pittsburgh. And Reggie Roberson, the wide receiver from SMU, is in Tennessee. Oh, that was the other thing. Reggie Roberson, who I had from SMU, was I ranked. The other guy I didn't even fucking know existed. So, anyways. Uh, for you guys that don't know about Campus to Can't or C2C, it's a Campus to Can't League where you basically are playing college fantasy and regular dynasty, and then you're meshing them together. And it's just a pipeline. It's a, it's a Devi extensive. Yeah. I mean, I have five guys bolded for five guys bolded that I just don't really want anything of them. Tyquan Thornton, Alec Pierce, Phyllis Jones, Jr. Jimmy Ruckert, Danny Gray are guys that I, I will not be drafting. Yeah. And they're going to be so low on my board. It's, it's hysterical. The second round, Day two is fun because we got the quarterback sliding. We got running backs actually being drafted. We had the usual wide receiver buffoonery that we always see. And it was overall, it was a really, really unique day, especially after how crazy day one was. So I got a couple of questions to wrap up the show with. How many running backs do you think go in the top 12 picks of the Superflex? Oh, well, I mean, for me, I would say three for sure. You could probably slide Rashad White in there as four. I would have said Isaiah Spiller beforehand. Uh, I love this, the, the pick with the Chargers here on day four, but I still don't know if he gets first round capital just because he didn't get the draft capital in the NFL. I don't know. Yep. It's hard to tell. I, I would say I would say three. I could understand four depending on your overall rankings with the quarterback yeah. slides. I think it depends on what you hear about Matt Corral. If Matt Corral starts to make noise or Desmond Ritter, then I think you're going to see them slide in the back end of the first. Right now, I don't think they're going to. So I think that I would have four, James Cook and Rashad White at 10 and 11. Um, but it's a good question. You're you're going to see some guys reach too because this class is so bad, which is why Kenneth Walker is going to go ADP of two, and I don't think I would do that. But like you have to because if you need a running back, you, you are forced to take him. So if you're forced to do anything, you trade out, grab yourself a guy – I would have said Josh Jacobs, but I don't know. He's He's got questions now. You grab yourself a veteran, and you take another shot in the next year. Um, the next one is the heir to Eckler with the injury upside. With that injury upside, I think I'm still pretty high on him. That is not a question. What did I do to that? Oh, my God. That was the most broken, <laughs> fragmented copy and paste I've had in my entire life. The worst no. part about it is, is I think I actually understood it. So That is literally what it says, and that's not even to this. That's not even, oh, my God. That wasn't even the post I had, but let's talk really quickly about Isaiah Spiller. He's not a day two guy who gives a shit Uh, over under assuming he beats out Jackson Kelly and Roundtree over under of 10 touches a game average. What do you think? Uh, It's going to be under probably close to six to eight. 
Uh, but I also am not 100% sure he's going to actually beat out Roundtree. I, I mean, you want him to, but like they, every single running back in that room, excluding Jackson, is slow and big and has. I think, yeah. I think Spiller is Eckler's replacement in the next couple of years. I mean, that'd be nice. I have Spiller. I, I would like that. Because Eckler's on a second contract. Yeah. If you let Spiller sit behind for two years on the rookie deal, you save two years on the other side when you do give him a second contract. And the second contract's not going to be as big. Yeah. Because yeah. you didn't see the production for the you know yep. three years. He very well you could let, be a succession plan. You let Eckler walk, you give him a you let him do his last two, and then mm-hmm. you figure out what he wants to do, or his last one. It's a three year deal, I yeah. think, for where he got drafted. Mm-hmm. So then his contract year, and then you go, Okay, well, we'll resign you for a four year deal at you know whatever. Yeah. Mid range. The issue is I mean is that's how I would draft do draft capital. It. Yeah. That's how I would do the, it. You know? The issue is his fourth round draft fourth capital round, doesn't Michael make him sticky. Yep, it, it doesn't make him sticky. We saw what happened with Amon Ross St. Brown. We saw it with Michael Carter. It it does not make you sticky. Um wh- what, in your opinion, the first two rounds of the rookie draft, where is the value? Like, where do you think the value ranges for rent for the first round and second round? You can do a position or you can go player, you can go like pick range. Honestly, I think that the value is going to be David Bell. Uh yeah. depending on where where you have him ranked, pre-rankings, I had him as my last guy in my tier one category, he's a guy who does everything fantastic. And I think his ceiling is still very high. Um, it, it's going to be whether or not you trust Cleveland to open things up. Uh, they, he has an opportunity there. I mean, the only guy he really has to beat is nobody after Donovan Peoples Jones. So mm-hmm. chances are he should slot in nicely as the, as the three to start off with. Um, I just, you're going to get great value with him because he's going to be a guy people are going to forget about. Mm-hmm. You know, Jahan Dotson, I know you don't like him where you have him slotted. Still, though. You know, as far as one of those top receivers that might slide, he reminds me of the year Will Fuller came out. Will Fuller slid to this like early second round in almost every rookie draft. Granted, he had injury history and it, it, it made sense. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty, right. But at the time, he had draft capital. He was in a good spot. There was no reason for you to not to not take Will Fuller. But yet, for some reason, he was still sliding to the early second. So you might see something like that happen with a guy like Dotson, especially with as many receivers that was taken. And you're going to have those mid-round, second-round, third-round guys that landed in great spots like a Sky Moore that might catapult up. A guy like you, who you like Wondell Robinson's, a lot of people do, might catapult up boards because he's with the Giants. Jalen Tolbert now all of a sudden might start sliding in. Mm -hmm. So a guy like Jahan Dotson, a guy like David Bell, they might kind of slide under the radar a little bit and get some great value. Bluce Jones, you might be able to get great value in round five. Um, (laughs) In round five. (laughs) And round UDFA. That was actually more of a joke than anything. Yeah, no, I know. I know. I got you. Well, I don't know if the fans necessarily because I don't know what makes sense. Uh, humor, so. Yeah. Christian Watson's not going to be a value. Desmond Mitter won't be a value. Brian Robinson well, won't be a value. I think it's, I think it's going to be Wandale and David Bell, honestly. Um, and then whichever running back is the fourth one is going to be a value. Like whether it's Never white or whether it's, or, or cook there, it's going to be a value where you can get them just because of what they could potentially do. Okay. Hey, Mike. Go ahead. One more thing. One more thing. Spiller yeah. might actually be good value because he might actually slide because of the fact that he went fourth round and he went to the Chargers. So he mm-hmm. might actually slide. So he could be good value later on as well. So Zamir White is another one. 
Yeah, but we can't talk about them because they were day three picks. No, and I know. We're talking just, day two, sir. I, but I, you're, I, right. I, you're right. We're talking about we're talking about value. I mean, <laughs> yeah. No, I like it. I, I like it a lot. Uh, Michael, <laughs> thank you so much for having for being on here. Uh, this thank was you for fantastic. having me. <laughs> this was this was like a oh, this was almost a three two and a half hour podcast yeah, broken into two things. My God, this is fantastic. I have another <laughs> one coming up in like thirty minutes. I got to pee and eat and do other business. Um. Again, <laughs> no, no, you're fine. I this I this was perfect, and I, I think it's gonna be gonna go really well. Where can the good people find you? What do you uh, got working tw- on? Twitter, uh, on Twitter, I'm mw77. Spell out 77. Uh, I, we also have a Twitter account, Dynasty Academy. The E is a three uh, in Academy. Uh, we're not socially present yet, but we're working on it. We're getting there uh, as well. But that's it. Oh, Anchor. Uh, Anchor, we have our podcast, Dynasty Academy, comes out every Monday at 8 a.m. on Anchor. So You need to be on that and listen to them. They're great people with great ideas. Everyone, thank you so much for being here. You are the best. I am so excited to continue this on. We know how Draft Capital, we can actually have fun discussions and talk about fun things. Uh, Your time is valuable, and it means a lot that you spend it with me, so thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I know these were long. I hope you had a good time. I hope you laughed, you cried, you giggled. You did all the fun things that weird people do. It makes everything wonderful. As always, May 22nd is a Debbie Summit. You need to be blacking out that date on your calendar. It is a Sunday. You have nothing better to do. Tell your partner, your wife, your boyfriend, your sister, your dog. They can wait from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time. It is a six-hour potathon. All proceeds are going to go to benefit the Ukrainian refugees, which is the best cause out there right now, in my personal opinion. And I just could not think of a better reason to stop by. And you also learn about Devi things, which is fantastic because Devi is the gateway to being better in Dynasty. Uh, you can find the Devi Summit gear on Viridian Global. You, again, most of those proceeds are going to go to Ukrainian refugees. Their logo is fantastic. And their snapback I'm wearing right now is literally wonderful. Um I don't know where else to go. Oh, also, I have a link to help my father-in-law who had a severe heart attack. Uh, If you guys would be willing to share that and help get the word out to help support him, I would be internally grateful to you and feel very, very lucky and thankful for that to happen. Um, But as always, your time is important. Let your loved ones know they are thought about and that they are loved. Do something for yourself. Drink some water. Have a laugh and go do great things. That's the podcast. Peace!